it's not your Christianity on this earth is not about a religion, but it's about a relationship with me, a love relationship with me. And as he kept impressing that upon me over and over again, um, in the morning service, um, I got this, this set of verses. So I just want to read out of the Bible to you in 1 John chapter 4. Because I don't know, and I don't know how to do this properly, and I'll, I'll be very open with you. I don't understand God's love the way I need to. And how do I then speak something about his love, which is higher than earthly words could ever? There's, there's no way to speak about how deep and how rich and how his love is. And so when the Holy Spirit's trying to get me to speak these things, it's like, Holy Spirit, talk. I don't know. I mean, do I break out in tongues and someone will interpret it? What, what do you do? You can't. There's no fleshly words that speak of the depth of his love. But I know, because I've seen what happens all through the scriptures, now, when people encounter Jesus, the true Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, that his light his glory and the light of his love is so thick and so oozing and so heavy upon the people that he touches. I, I'm reading a book called um, Imagine Heaven where about a thousand people had death experiences where they actually died. They actually died and then were resurrected. Um, the thousand people that they interviewed a lot more, but this is over many years, but the thousand people actually had experiences where they encountered Jesus Christ, encountered heaven, and returned, and Jesus told them to tell people about it. Um, of course, the Bible's filled with this, but the thing they keep describing over and over again is something I cannot speak and they cannot speak, is that the love of Christ, when they encounter him, is so like a, a fireball of light, love, and it's so rich and so deep that human eyes cannot look upon it because it's, it's like they said, some of them said a million atomic bombs blow, blasting. But, but to look on it, and when they would step into it, it would just like cascade and cover them and just soak them and soothe them that nothing of flesh, nothing of sin, nothing of anything of this world could ever be on them again. And every one of them, once they got touched by this, never wanted to leave. Um, when we see him in the book of Revelation, the light of him and his eyes are like fire. And, and so this love, this love of God, this love of Jesus, this love of the Holy Spirit, is the answer for everything. And what happened to all these people, by the way, is as they got before Jesus, there was a, what's called the, basically Jesus in the scripture, it says, our life is going to flash before us. The judgment seat of Christ, it's called in the Bible. And every one of them said that their whole life, every single thing that happened in their life, even after they got saved, everything flashed before them. And the words that many of them said is, he said this to me, what did you do with my love? He still, it wasn't condemnation or anything because they were already in heaven and he, he then enveloped them in his love. But the question to us as a church and as a body is what are we doing with his love? 
He wants to, and I don't understand how he could tell us the two great things are to love God with all your heart, souls, everything, and then to love your neighbor as yourself, because I'll be honest with you, I don't have that all the time in me. I'm sure some of you all are doing it much better than I am in that area. Um, so how, as a pastor, can I describe this to you? That his love is so rich and so deep and so full that he wants to pour on you now in this earthly realm, now when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he did explain to me that, show them that what, happened in the garden was that I took heaven and duplicated it in a garden and I asked man to then expand heaven on earth through a garden which would then encompass the whole earth and by the way this is where I put the fallen angels wouldn't that be kind of a poke in their eye for all of heaven to become I mean all of earth to become his heaven but man sinned and because man sinned, what has happened to this earth? It, um, I'll give you an example. Like our grass outside is like green, but it's all crumbly and everything. But the grass in heaven has the light of the, the love of Christ shining through it, and its brightness. And when you step upon it, it just—it's it, like it's alive with love. The hills are alive with love, and this is beautiful. This earth. But it's not alive with the love of Christ because sin has damaged it. And sin has damaged us. And even though we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, sometimes we get so earthbound in our thinking that we live damaged lives instead of living from his love. And things like hearing issues and, and all kinds of stuff gets on us because we're living in a world that's corrupted and somehow... We, even as Christians, take this world as the main place instead of the main place being heaven and his love coming upon us and saturating our very being. And to love our Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, everything, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And let me read, though, this scripture and then explain how to get this love. Because it's supernatural. It can't be. I mean, everything that God did was by love. Everything he's done for us is by love. He gave us everything by love so that we could have him by love. But the scripture I'm going to read is out of 1 John chapter 4. And I'll start at verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I'll read it out of the, I think this one's out of the uh, Passion. Or is it? A, yeah, it is. 1 John chapter Four, verse 7. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us, when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This love, this is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take our sins away. 
delightfully loved ones, if you, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. The answer for every question on this earth, the answer for every sin issue, the answer for every physical issue, the answer for every emotional issue is being drenched and saturated in this love. To step into the love of Christ, how? how? Uh, as a young man growing up, um, my father was a great father. He taught us how to provide for a family, uh, how to work. He, all our, my brothers and sister have a great work ethic, but um, he never ever said he loved us, um, and he does now. But when I asked that question, many of the older folks, now, how many have ever heard your father say, I love you, um, when you're growing up? There's once, there, there's some of you, there's, there's a few. And I, I believe that the ones who are, have children in here that are Christians are, have said that. We've got in this, this mentality that how can, how can we understand love when we, Anyway, uh, the, for earthly love doesn't match. So how do I speak this? And um, there's a scripture I want to share with you that will show us how it comes upon us and how we can receive it and how we can actually walk in it. And it's in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. We use it a lot in the healing rooms um, because it's such an important verse. But it's... The power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's given to us in power. And in John 16, 33, the scriptures are very clear that the Holy Spirit comes to lead us into all truth and to show us things to come. He will take what's of the Father and he will give that. He'll take what's of Jesus Christ and give that to us. So he takes of the first and second person of the Trinity and he takes it and gives it to us. So what did we just read? What is God? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but love. Right? So the Holy Spirit is actually the one who takes love and gives it to us. And let me read from Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out over our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In the Passion Translation, it says that the love of God is being cascade. It cascades over us. It cascades over our hearts. I want you to see what he's saying. The supernatural agape love, which is like way beyond us, is poured upon us, drenching us by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So the Holy Spirit takes the love of God and just saturates our very being. Come on now, those who have had some cellular issues, maybe, or, or sicknesses, the Holy Spirit pours the love of God, saturates your very being on a, not only physical, spiritual, and emotional level, but on a cellular level. Remember we talked about the laminin and the sign of the cross that God actually puts in every cell? Like a, the love of God by the Holy Spirit is pouring out um, in the earlier service, I think it was Tommy, I was thinking it was you, wasn't I saying it? I says, it's not like 55-gallon drums that are coming down on you of love one after another, but it's like he packs up these, and that's weird, but he backs up these dump trucks full. And it just pours and cascades over us. And as that love of God 
begins to saturate us, what of this world can ever stand in that? Come on, what can ever withstand the power of his love coming upon us in that way? So he gives us his supernatural love pouring over us. Our thoughts, our minds, our body, soul, and spirit. The love of God cascading over us. Oh, hallelujah. Just picture it. Just see it. That's who we were created to be. And that's what happened when we got away from that. Um, sin came and caused deception. You know, I was talking to my mother last night, and I was trying to read, um, was it Jesus calling to her? I was trying to read scripture and talk to her about the word, but there's such an Alzheimer's anger, deception, sin issue that the enemy has blinded her mind so that the veil that the enemy put over there, and she will not allow it to come off. And because she won't, I can't. you can't penetrate. And that love just seems not to penetrate because there's like a, a, like a cloak that when it hits, and when we're trying to put it on her, and she doesn't want that cloak off. And that's what sin has done to this world. It's like, it's like, bleh. It's like being slimed, you know, and, and, but God's love will wash us and clean us by the power of the Holy Spirit pouring upon us. And that's how we love God with an agape supernatural love. And that's how we can then pour that love onto other people. So let's just say that, um, Tommy, I'm going to be you up here. He just got blasted by the Holy Spirit. He's just so saturated with the love of God that even his shadow is just pouring out and oozing out the love of God. Do you see how that happened to Peter in the book of Acts? Because the love of God was so saturated, so thick, so heavy within Come on, and it, can, and it can be on Tommy, it can be on me, it can be on all of us. That's what he wants to do with us. That's what we were created for. That's where you're going to live for all eternity in heaven, in a place where that cascading love is so in you and so about you. Um, in heaven, you're going to have the more. You're going to have more of the mind of Christ. Here, we have the mind of Christ, but we're not taking every thought captive, unfortunately, and that's our fault. But in heaven, there is no not taking every thought captive. Matter of fact, you speak. Through your thoughts. You move. Come on, travel at the speed of thought. That's a lot faster than the planes we got today. A supernatural body that will have no sickness and no disease. Family members and others that you'll know and recognize again. To spend all eternity with where there is no anger. Where there's no hurt or heartache. Now where am I going with this? Well... The cool thing is, is that Jesus is going to come back to this earth and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years and then God the Father is going to take heaven and connect it up with earth again and make them one again. There'll be a new heaven, new earth it talks about. But actually what's going to happen is his original design gets restored and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and that's in the scriptures. But let me take you now to a prayer that we always pray. And it's our Father, Bart in heaven, I'll be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the will of God is that love that I'm talking about is on you now while you're on earth. 
and that you take that love from heaven that has been placed upon you, love God and love others with it. We complicate Christianity and make it all this religion stuff, but really simply all it is is that it's a relationship where God restored us to him in love. And it's that simple. And that love he wants to pour in you. But sometimes I am not a willing vessel. <laughs> Matter of fact, probably every day I've had times in my life where I'm not a willing vessel. And Jesus says over and over again in the New Testament, he says, take up your cross and deny yourself. Lay down your life. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily, he says in Luke. I think that's Luke 9.38 in that one, where you take up your cross daily. Deny yourself. Lay down. I lay down my flesh. Anything, Father, that's not of you, I ask you to wash it out. I just lay it up for you. I don't want anything in this vessel that's any type of blockage of any way that's not going to allow your love to come into me and flow through me so that I can love you with all I've got and to love others. I yield everything to you. That is so important because some people think that when they got saved, that that was it. I'm saved. Hallelujah. But you know what? We get saved and then we fill our lives with a, with a flesh, with, with worldly stuff because we've got it backwards because we get so caught up in this world that it's here just for such a short time of our life. Then we get jobs and we do stuff and we have hobbies and we do all these different things in this world. And this world begins to consume us and it becomes more real than that love. More real than our heavenly home. More real than our real design and purpose and what we're here for. And so that stuff then begins to saturate us and become something that we spend too much time in. And then we begin to wonder why the junk of this earth gets all over us. I was talking to a, a person who uh, actually asked a Chinese person, North Korean would be good. Where, is Sally Joe still here? Oh, she went out. She's doing the kids. Um, why is like Christianity like exploding in China? Why is it exploding in South America? Why is it exploding? And this is a Chinese person, so he can only answer that part. But he said it this way, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, our focus is on God's love going through us, and our focus is always on heaven. We set our affections on the things above and not on the things of the earth. We always know no matter what, if we're thrown in prison, if we're killed, if we're beaten, if they kill our children, no matter what they do, that we're going to see them again in heaven because the heaven is all eternity and that love will be on us for all eternity. In these few short years that we have on this earth, we are going to allow that love to shine on us and nothing's going to stop it. And so they have a different mindset and they're really growing. The Western church, Europe and United States, the church is kind of going downhill, and one of the reasons why is we have these wonderful services. Let's, let's all, you know, never mind, I don't want to go there, but seeker-friendly kind of mentality of, you know, we can't go more than an hour because, you know, so 55-minute service with boom, boom, you know, and everything's got to be lined up because, after all, we don't want to mess with their time in the world. Forgive me, Lord, but 
Do you know what we've done in this Western society, in this Western world? Because we're wealthy and rich and doing well financially, what do you, what's the first thing when you're talking to somebody? And most of the time it doesn't even have to be non-Christian. It can be a Christian. And you're meeting somebody. What's the first thing you want to know? What type of job you have? How much money do you make? They don't say that, but that's what, what do you do for a living? You know, it's never about Man, how's it going in Christ? What what have you done lately for the you know, it's not about the small talk goes way off into stuff. I have a hard time with small talk. I mean many of you are around me. You know when I'm kind of quiet? I don't like small talk. I want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> um why aren't we talking about the thing that's most important all the time? You know, what you can I can well, Father forgive me, but I can know where someone's heart is within two minutes after talking with them. It's usually their hobby or their job. Sometimes it's their family. But And those things are okay. But are we allowing that liquid love, that saturation love, for God gave everything, his whole self, so that his love can be upon us again? That is the key to everything. I know one day, and I've seen it happen sometimes in here, I've seen it happen in some other places, but there's going to be one day where it's going to be normal Christianity that every single person that walks in these doors is going to get touched by the love of God and heaven's going to break out every single time for every single person that comes through those doors. Because it'll be so thick and so saturated and so filled with a few people that it's just gooing out onto everybody else and it just touches the whole place. There won't be people that I have to lay hands on everybody because they'll get in the thickness of the anointing and just bam. Come on, that's normal Christianity. Hunger for it. Seek it out. Go after that love. That love is the answer. When that love is, come on, if I am just saturated with the love of God and somebody has an issue, it's not me that's going to touch them and something's going to happen. It's the love of God flowing through this vessel that's been yielded to him that touches this person and bam! We've got something that is so important to the world and we've got to lay down our own fleshly desires, our own fleshly wants. Allow this love of God to get all over us. We need it in this day and age. He's not coming back for a bride that's anemic and sickly or in a wheelchair. He's coming back for a bride that's fully developed, full of his love, that has a, a similar love for him that he has for the bride. We're the church, the bride. It's time to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to pour and saturate us and cascade us with the love of God. Accept it. And come on, it's that simple. I mean, I'm, Christianity's not hard. Accept what he wants to give you. Take it. There's, what is more important? Is there something more important than this? And this isn't a, a wayward off thing only for heaven. God wants to do this now in our lives. Um, in the scriptures, it talks about Jesus being bigger than anything. Now, what is the definition of God? God the Father is love. God the Son is love. God the Holy Spirit is love. 
So Jesus' love is bigger than anything. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus, come on, which is love, is Lord. Hallelujah. Is that Lord of your life right now? If it's not, it's okay. I'm not there all the time. But I know this. If I keep short accounts with God, and when I start drifting out from under that love and trying to do my own thing and try to go my own way, that all I got to do is say, Father, forgive me. Help, Holy Spirit, get me back where I need to go. Drag me if you need to. I am whatever it takes, but I don't want to leave that place of your, we, some people call it the presence of God, the love of God. You can call it whatever you want, but a supernatural relationship, a oneness with God that is so rich and so deep that it's an attractant to the world. You don't even have to say a lot of words because it's going to be so on you. This isn't about working up religion. This isn't about sitting in pews and, and listening to somebody. It's about a relationship. I know we were doing a, a class back there about our gifts and everything. You know, I got to share this, you guys, <laughs> a little bit. There's a few of us were doing going through this class on our gifts, but and I didn't share it um, Thursday night. But let me share something, and this is just coming to me. So, Lord, let me go here. Um, we all need gifts because my gift in love is going to touch your gift in love and it's going to make us all better. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts. We all, we all have been gifted by God in this love. But listen to this. And yet I show you a more excellent way. There's even a more excellent way than the gifts. Though I speak with the tongues of men or of angels, and do not have love, I become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the answer. The answer is, Holy Spirit, your job is to pour the love of God into me. I yield to it. Let me walk in that love. And then everything else is secondary. The gifts will come. The people will come. The destiny will come. Who I am and you will come. See, when I stand before him and he says, what did you do with my love? I want to be able to say, I let you have all of me. So you could pour all of you into me and touch others. We only have a few short years. I really think the Lord's coming back soon. But I know there's something more. I want more. How many of you want more? I'm going to ask uh, Amy if she'll come up. We're going to
close us out, begin to close us out. One of the things, I didn't say close us off, I said we'll close it. One of the things I, I see um, happening as a body of believers is this. In that place of love, take some risks. Take some risks in the word of God. Believe his promises. Believe that his love is saturating you and take some risks. Do some things that you haven't done before for him. Take a promise of his and walk in it. If it says lay hands on the sick, um, believe that you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. If he says in his, in his word that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, believe that his strength is strengthening you. And that there's nothing that you can't do in him. Begin to take his promises and begin to walk in them, knowing that his love is saturating you, your very being, on a cellular level. Take some risks in his love. Isn't the world worth it? Doesn't perfect love cast out all fear? Doesn't perfect love, come on, if we're in perfect love, what is bigger? What can stand against perfect love? Holy Spirit, where do you want to go? Let's all stand. We did this uh, in the first service, but I believe there's two things that he's asking from us today. I hear it clearly. One is, is that we have to keep short accounts with him. We have to deny ourselves, lay down our own lives. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. You know, Lay down some of the stuff that you think, well, this is only between me and God, and he, you know, it doesn't affect our love. Anything that's stopping you from touching other people with that love does affect his love. And what are you doing with his love? See, it's not all about you. It's not all about your, just your relationship with him. It's about how his love comes into you, and he loves you with like an everlasting love that is so deep and indescribable, that is so cool. But then he takes that and he lets you have that ooze out of you and touch other people, which is even cooler than that. I mean, come on. How, why would he use me, a sinner who basically had his back turned to him? Why would he die for me? What a rich love that he had for each and every one of us. Why we were yet turned our back from him. He died so that we could have that restored love relationship with him. And now he wants to put that so deep inside you that it not only becomes part of your very, every cell in your body, but it also touches others around you. Thank you, Lord. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, if we first keep short accounts that if I ever get outside that love, I need to... Father, get back in it. If there's any veil I put over myself through anything of the flesh, I want you to remove it so the light of your glorious gospel for that love to pour upon me. I will keep short accounts with you. I will always be in that place. I will always be, and it's not a condemnation place, but it's a place where I always want to just stay in the center of you. And the second thing, I just want you to, if the Holy Spirit's pouring the love of God over you right now, let's just... Um, Make a funnel. We do this often in the healing rooms, but make a funnel with your hands and ask him for more. More. Like uh, Tommy. Not even dump trucks full, oceans full. 
cascading upon you right now. That love cascading upon you right now. More, more, more of that love. More of Him. Come on. Receive it. He wants to just pour His love into you. Come on. None of us are unworthy. Why? Because we just died to that unworthy person. So it's nothing to do with your worthiness anymore. It all has to do with you accepting that love. Receive it. Receive it. More. Receive it. Come on. Take it all in. Holy Spirit, begin to pour more. Begin to cascade more. It's the love of God is the answer. It's the love of God that sets people free. It's the love of God in us that's going to touch this world for you. Let that love begin to pour and saturate on every single one in this room. Let it pour. Let it rain. Let it come mightily. Let the river of the living God just pour out of his love. Thank you, Lord, through this whole place. Father, wells that were within us that have been stopped up because of things of the flesh be broken open in the name of Jesus. Living wells of water, refreshing wells of water begin to burst open within you in the mighty name of Jesus. More love, more love, more love in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the worship team to play one more song, but I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, know and understand and receive the love that he wants to pour in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And two, if there's any hindrance of any kind, I will take up my cross daily. I will die to this flesh. And you have full authority to have full on control, Holy Spirit, of this flesh. Lead me into all truth. And when I turn and get off track, Holy Spirit, draw me and move me back into the place of his love. There's nothing more important. There's nothing bigger that you were created for than to receive his love, to receive him, and then allow it to touch others. There's an altar up here if you like to pray at the altar, if you like to do it at your seats, whatever you want to do, but take some time doing those two things I ask before you go. And let's just worship this one last song.